Hello and welcome to the Wildflower Heart Podcast. I am your host, Katherine Fisher. I am a singer-songwriter, and this is the podcast where we talk to interesting people about what their passion is. Hello, John Muirhead, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, Katherine. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. I literally thought you were going to say, hello, Katherine Fisher, and I was going to be like, the mockery is not needed, but... uh you didn't mock me, which is kind. <laughs> so John is on the podcast this month. He is an incredible singer-songwriter, indie artist, really, really intelligent when it comes to marketing himself across platforms. And I'm really stoked to talk to him about that and about his craft and kind of how he has pivoted in the last year and evolved and changed in really cool ways. Uh, so yeah, welcome to the podcast. Do you want to tell the audience a little bit about yourself, kind of the Spark Notes version of who you are and what you do? For sure. Well, yeah, thanks again, Catherine, for having me and for that lovely intro. <laughs> so my name is John Muirhead. Uh, I am a singer-songwriter uh, from Ontario, Canada. Uh, I make, uh, I would call it indie folk music um, that kind of spans across a couple subgenres. I've been at it for just over five years. My first EP came out in 2016. Since then, I've put out three more EPs and I'm working on a full length that should be out by the end of this year. I've uh, been touring DIY across Canada, um, playing great events like Winnipeg Folk Festival with Catherine uh, and a bunch of different uh, anything from house concerts to moving trains to uh, festival stages. And I'm really excited for that all to come back again soon. <laughs> yes, me as well. And yes, John and I played Winnipeg Folk. It was actually through John that I found out about the Emerging Artist Program. And he very much led me through it because I had no idea what I was doing. I had never been to Winnipeg before. I like... <laughs> had never been to the festival I had only camped once in my life uh prior to that so uh, it was a great great experience and we'll definitely share some photos on the Instagram of us at Winnipeg Folk but um I had definitely missed touring I miss running into you across the yeah. country we have this and beyond too. <laughs> yes we have this weird thing of always like running into each other um wherever we are uh which is funny and nice it makes the folk world seem smaller than it actually is when you're touring all over but it's really nice to bump into people um so you have toured all across Canada but you really quickly pivoted um when that was no longer possible uh, which I think is really rad. You were one of the first people that I saw really leaning into online spaces and creating creative content more than just a single live stream. Like when you did a single release, I think you did like a digital tour where you hopped around to different platforms. Um, you did like a whole EP um, at the beginning. So kind of what was that like changing from as much as there's different formulas to being an artist, there is a lot of like, you build up your audience, you tour, you, if you're a DIY artist, you like tour across your country, then you expand to a new market. Um, so there is a bit of a stepping stone-esque uh, style, but now we're all kind of just swimming around in the sea. Uh, so how did you kind of end up doing what you have been doing for the last year or so? Yeah, so the last year, as we all know, has just been a weird, strange learning experience. And right away when the pandemic hit, 
um i had a busy month of shows up ahead i had just actually taken february kind of off of shows and just kind of uh working on some new material and uh you know, prepping for a busy spring of shows, which is what uh, I did as well. <laughs> yeah, I feel and you I had a lot one. of pent up, pent up energy, I guess. And when it first came down, they were telling us it was only going to be a couple weeks, and I was like very gung ho about, you know, this is just something very. Um, it's going to be a quick little two week break from from the busyness of the world, and then we're going to get right back into it. So. And then when it started to get a little more serious, uh, I wrote a, cu- a couple like funny quarantine songs, uh, one being quarantine and chill that kind of got a little bit of like organic, uh, I wouldn't say like viralness, but like it, it got, it got some attention on, on social media. And then I was like, okay, well I'm going to record it because I've got all this time. Uh, and then I was like, you know what? I'll just make an EP. I'll like write these songs really quick. They'll just be like these fun tunes and I'll raise some money for Unison Benevolent Fund, which was, uh, which is a charity that helps artists uh, in crisis situations. Um, and uh, I just thought it'd be a really good thing to do. And yeah, and I started just getting as creative as I could with, with live streams and whatnot because it's so hard to connect online. And I think a lot of artists, including myself, are, are really struggling with like connecting to an audience and finding an audience online. And I just wanted to like have as much fun with it as possible. Like I, yeah, I was doing all these like crazy live stream things, collaborating with a lot of people hopping on, like, like we did like Instagram live, like a coffee chat mm-hmm. where we, I think we, I don't even know if we even played songs. We might've played like one or two songs on there. Yeah. I think we just ended with like a song each or something like that. Yeah. And that was really cool. Cause we were all like, everyone was just thrust into this new way of life and like, we were just kind of my idea was just like have as much fun with it and try everything and like you know really not being afraid to fail with it um and if i did then like try to learn from it so and it just kept going and (laughs) yeah it it lasted way longer than i expected but um yeah so you have posted quite a few videos to tiktok and uh you're one of the artists that i know that is really um consistently done well on there and went quickly from like 100 followers to 25k which is about where you're at right now right yeah yeah it's crazy yeah which is if you compare that to like your other followings with like um a couple thousand on facebook a couple thousand on instagram that you've been building for years uh it is very cool to have built an audience so quickly on that did you see with your latest single, uh, Traveler, did you see people coming from TikTok to your music? Because I think that's what some people worry about is like, oh, if I build up this, like doing these fun videos on TikTok, how am I going to actually translate them into fans who want to stream my songs, who want to buy my merch? For sure. Um, yeah, to be honest, TikTok has been like probably the number one driver recently for like streaming and for like even like merch sales and stuff like that too and i think the biggest differentiator for that one thing i'm i'm pretty proud to say is that like even though it seems quite fast um my my kind of growth on tiktok it, it was slow compared to how some people grow on the platform whereas it was like you know i put out a video and it would get like you know a few thousand followers which is which is like incredible uh, but then it was, that was like that 25,000 was like a culmination of like, you know, over, over six months or so. Um, and those people kind of s- stuck with me and I was like really grateful that uh, I was able to build a bit of a community there and, and like be going live really casually on there and like hanging out with people. 
but yeah, I mean, time will tell if it's, uh, you know, if the platform is like a flash in the pan or if it's like something more long term. But it, um, I've yeah, I've, I've noticed it's been a big driver of that kind of activity elsewhere, which has been really cool. Did you do that specifically? Are you creating content specifically to try to drive people to the other uh, spaces that are kind of quote unquote more traditional community spaces or income streams for artists or is it just you kind of making videos putting them out there and if they just happen to be going there or how are you like directing people over there yeah so it was a lot of call to action like I think people on TikTok are very intelligent consumers not not that other platforms aren't but they're very like they know when something is an ad and Mm -hmm. they dislike it um, so I found it was very, it was really challenging in the beginning to find creative ways to like put that call to action. Like, Hey, like, by the way, I'm doing stuff on other things too. Um, but I, f- I found like at the same time, like, like being as genuine as you possibly can when you're like asking for, for things as opposed to like, I see a lot of people doing really like sneaky kind of like, uh, like my manager just called me and he said that if I don't get 100,000 streams, I have to quit music forever. Can you guys help me out? And it's like, like you see stuff like that all the time. And like, it, yeah, in general, I feel like people respond. The people that are going to stick around more often are going to respond to like an actual genuine, like, hey, this is what I do. I'd love for you to come support me or come like join join the party. We're starting over here. Mm-hmm. Which is really cool because that's a very similar thing if you think about like how artists approach live performances. And I feel like, performers that really show their personality on stage and whatever that is whatever that looks like even if that's like a quieter kind of invite you into what feels like a living room even though it's a festival or someone who's like jumping around and having a lot of fun showing your authentic personality on stage is really how you build long-term fans and long-term community for this career because I know both of us want this to be our long term thing and our careers it is our careers and this isn't just kind of like a fun hobby for us uh, we're trying to build it out uh, to be sustainable for the rest of our lives but it's cool that that is kind of how we approach live shows but we're able to now kind of take that mindset to digital spaces which I don't think everyone does and I think that that's something that you do really really well well thank you for that yeah because I think for me personally, like, because I've been trying a lot of new things lately, um, it can be hard to, to feel that you're being your authentic self because you're kind of stretching your, your comfort zone. So it's nice to hear that uh, you, can, you can get that from my content. No, yes. I very much see stuff. I'm like, oh, that's so John. Like, that's something you would do in real, like, if I was just hanging out with you, um, you would be like, hey, do you like campfires and this and this? Like, you'll like my music. Like, that's just how you speak about your own craft in person uh, when you're networking with people. So it is fun uh, and kind of funny, especially as someone who knows you as a friend to like watch it be like, oh my goodness, that's so John. So if anyone's just a fan of John and wondering if that's what he's really like, I can confirm that is what he's like in person. Yeah. <laughs> um, So coming off of that, uh, it has been like a tough year financially for a lot of musicians, as um, I'm sure you, like anyone, can relate to. Like most of us, you do work a day job. Have you found creative ways to create music income um, now that touring, which was both of our primary uh, income streams, has kind of 
put a pause for right now? I think people have, in general, like music fans have really been reminded of the value of music through this time, mm-hmm. even though it doesn't always feel like it. I think that I've been really surprised with the generosity from people with like tip jars and things like that online. Like not all the time and definitely not every live stream, but like, you know, if you catch people at the right time uh, and you actually provide them, you know, with an experience that feels like almost like we're never going to get a hundred percent there with, with a live stream show. But I find people are really, really grateful because with this year they realize how much they've missed it whether it's just somebody playing acoustic guitar in the corner of a brewery or like a full concert at like an arena people are realizing like how often they were interacting with live music and then now it's just gone so uh i've been been fortunate that like even just casual live streams like from from time to time i'll get like a really great uh tip jar donation or or a couple uh and i find like um yeah i before the pandemic i didn't sell any merch online at all uh Mm -hmm. i took some time to set up like my online like store and i've uh had some like pretty good luck with with merch sales and stuff like that um also i've done a few like sponsored live streams so like last week i did a live stream for a brewery um and they uh, were able to pay me like a fee as if i was playing in the brewery and I like took yeah. over their social media channels. So there's been a few opportunities like that as well. Which I thought was really cool. Because that was one of the first times I'd seen kind of, yeah, almost like a sponsored event. Uh, collaboration. Yeah. For sure. And that one kind of just fell into my lap. But like, uh, which was great. Shout out to Nickelbrook Brewery. They're awesome. But uh, <laughs> it, it really opened my eyes. I was like, oh, maybe I, this should be something I should be, you know, reaching out to businesses that are, you know, like-minded in terms of music and you know maybe that can help drive some business to their small business as well <laughs> do you have anything that those things have like taught you and any kind of tips for artists who are still struggling to find creative ways to bring in some income on the music front when we can't be touring right now for sure yeah i think like creating we're all lacking right now, like feeling that we're, a, we're a part of something. Like when you're at an event, you know, you're, you're one of the the cool pe- people that were there and like, who could say that you saw that with your own eyes. And like, it's so hard to do that nowadays because all we do is, is stare at screens with, you know, so many of us working from home and stuff like that. Um, I find like to, to create really special moments, like, um, for example, with my last single traveler, like, I did a, a limited run of a merch that was like pre-order only, which was great, you know, not only for like reducing waste and not having a giant box of t-shirts <laughs> in your in your closet, like all independent musicians do. Yes, I definitely um, have Tupperware. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, and then, but like, you know, beyond saving money and, and space with that, like it was, I really wanted the people that actually were like along for the ride to feel like they had a piece of something that was, you know, uh, it's like they were there at that space and time. Those two weeks that the merch was available, they could say, you know, I was supporting him since before the song was released and, and all that good stuff. Um, so I find like whether it's that or, um, you know, some kind of other experiential thing that, you know, you can get some kind of a keepsake, whether it's like 
uh, I don't know. I've I've thought about like you know handwritten lyric sheets, but my writing is atrocious. <laughs> if you're if your writing is a little better, uh, or like whoever is writing, you know whoever's listening to this, like I feel like there could be like really oppor- cool opportunities for like making people feel like they're a part of your journey. Yeah, I want to say, um, I got a handwritten piece of lyrics from like Ruben from Ruben in the Dark. Ooh. Oh, cool. prior to the like I want to say like very early 2020 maybe even late 2019 and it was very cool and it wasn't anything fancy like it was literally like a piece of a notebook that had like these lyrics um but it was very like it did make you feel oh feel seen and I think that's right. what people want because like we've all had that moment where we're in the crowd and like it feels like the performer like makes eye contact with you and you yeah, feel totally. seen by them and you feel like, oh, hey, like they know I'm here. They know I care. Uh, so any way that we can do that digitally um, when you can't necessarily make eye contact with people uh, uh, right now, especially like in a live stream, you're like, I hope there are people listening. Uh, I can see that there's like uh, 25, 100 viewers or whatever, but I, I don't know who you are. Um, so, yeah, any way we can make people feel seen. I think it's yeah, I like kind, that a lot. kind of what it comes down to. Um, what is something that the loss of touring has taught you? Has it like made you reevaluate your career? Has it made you be like, this is exactly where I need to be? Like losing this showed me how much I loved it. Um, has it kind of made you feel more connected to writing? Or is it just kind of feeling like you're the same person doing the same stuff, just a little bit differently? Yeah, um, kind of all of the above. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's been such a up and down year. Uh, I think what it's taught me is that there is ways to be an artist without following like the mold of like. I'm going to put out an album and I'm going to tour and do this. Like that's great. And it's something that I've been pursuing for so long. And like, I, I love putting out, you know, records and I love playing shows, but like, you know, seeing the, the online sphere of things a little bit more, more seriously has like opened my eyes that like, you know, maybe, maybe there, like there is like validity in like, you know, being a, like an internet musician. Not that that's what I want to do all the time, but like, um before i would kind of i don't know i i kind of like saw like people who were like pursuing more, the more like youtube route for for like the singer songwriter thing to be you know maybe, maybe not seeing the whole picture because live music means so much to me um but now i see that like there is a lot of validity in building like an online fan base as well um so i think that like when things open up again i'll like i don't think i'll i'll stop doing live streams and but i think i'll just be playing live a lot more but like i think i'll continue doing that which is kind of a cool realization because i was a little bit like just dumping content on online before now it's kind of like something i I can consider as like a something more a more of a tangible community i guess um i think also um yeah i think it's taught me that like music is really important and like what we're doing is like we're offering like a a real 
tangible like service to to people because like when you hear messages about how much people miss it and like hopefully it'll reflect in like ticket sales and you know the actual music industry when when things come back but like you know you hear people talking about how badly they they want to see independent artists like us play live again and you know you, you get messages after after a certain live stream or a piece of content or something like that and like you realize that like there we do play a bigger role in society that's hard to see when you come off of playing to like five people in, in a <laughs> random room where it's like sometimes it feels like oh i'm not am i am i providing like real value to like you know society or whatever but like you know you can I, after this year I, I see it more did john and i play a show together where we cumulatively made 13 dollars? yes yes we did <laughs> And it's worth every penny. <laughs> yeah, but it's like it is like people make it seem this all this glamorous, and that was a really fun show. It was so much fun, and like it really was like seemed like a living room hangout almost. But like it is not all like big budgets and like great guarantees. Like there are times where you are literally paying more to drive to the gig, yeah, than you made at the gig. And obviously you hope that that balances out because it is a business and it, but like sometimes there are like anything, like you're going to like any retailer is going to have like products that they create that end up not selling as well as they think. And I think that sometimes when you have like, especially starting out, because like we both are somewhat new to our careers in the grand scheme of things. Um, and so it's definitely sometimes you're like, I know people care about this and I know that I care about this. And like for me, I just have this inner like knowing that there is nothing else that I am meant to do. Like I know that this is what I'm supposed to do with my life. And that is very, very clear to me. Um, but you do have days where you're like, oh man, like I'm so bummed that this didn't go how I was hoping it would go. Like, I played a show in Halifax in a rainstorm and zero people came. <laughs> Nobody showed up. <laughs> and it was, I ended up live streaming it. So I was like an OG live streamer. <laughs> um, so I did end up like creating some kind of content from it. But there are definitely those like times where you're like, is there anyone out there? <laughs> like, do people care? Yeah. And yeah, we have to trust it because like, I feel like this year has shown at least, you know, from people's words and, and uh, you know, I find the, the support in general of of artists, you know, making a pivot um, into like the more online realm, I think, you know, it's proven that like, when things come back, like we need to support each other and we need to support like the music industry and we need mm -hmm. people who care about it to act to to act on that care as well yeah because it's a whole other thing of like the industry industry side and supporting like venues and um people who put on live music because they have also been hit incredibly hard and some of them there's really when you're a physical space there are limitations to what you can do digitally to support that space and like if you sell food and beer and stuff obviously that's a little bit different but like places have been hit really really hard and are are the places that you're going to see indie musicians like we need those spaces to still be around in 
uh, they're really critical infrastructure. So um, a reminder to support those spaces as well in any way that you can, especially when things start to open up again. Like what I would give to go to like a pub or a restaurant and have a live musician playing and me annoyingly sing harmonies to myself while everyone at the table says, Catherine, stop singing. What I would give for that. Perfect. Sounds perfect. <laughs> it's a very distinct visual. I want to either be the musician or somebody at the table. <laughs> I'll specifically bring friends somewhere that you're playing um, and just be that be that person and I'll like make eye contact with you. Yeah, just come up on stage. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've done it before. Yes. <laughs> we've definitely collaborated. Be like, you, you want to come up? Whoops, I definitely just hit my microphone. Uh, be like, you want to come up and sing? Come on, I know you can sing. Um, uh, so I definitely look forward to those days. And yeah, also like bringing those people that are in the digital spaces as supporters back into the physical spaces. But it's also cool in the way that people that you may not have been able to tour to can also enjoy and be part of that community when it is digital. For sure. Yeah, like um, I have, over the pandemic, was introduced to uh, a supporter in Germany uh, who has been like the most supportive. Like she tips and streams my music and you know um like buys merch and stuff like that and like it's just been amazing and like i you know it would have been quite a while before i was able to go and actually tour out there but like it feels like we've connected over the entire year because of just all these different live streams and like that's really cool that the internet can do that like it's there's definitely so many pros and cons to uh you know the whole live streaming thing but like when, when things like that happens, it feels really cool. Mm -hmm. I think that you and I really need to hit up Germany when things open up again. 2023, 2023, 2022, we'll see. I don't really know how things are going to pan out. But end of 2022, beginning of 2023, I'm telling you right now, keep an eye out for John and I. <laughs> <laughs> Mark it in your calendars. Put it in your calendars. <laughs> Just the entire year. Catherine and John will be there at some point. Um, are there any kind of final thoughts you have on how your careers changed over the last year and um, just what it kind of means to you? Um, yeah, I'm, I've, I'm ending this or I'm saying ending. We still have a little ways to go with this quarantine and this pandemic, but I'm feel like I'll be coming out of it with with just uh, a lot of gratitude, like not only for uh, the people that have supported my music and kind of kept me afloat, uh, but also just like I feel like this whole year has, has made me appreciate like the little things uh, a lot more. Um, and I think that that's like something that's really important for any like creators who are listening that like, um, you know, take take a step back. It's been a really difficult year for all of us, but like there is there's is a lot to be grateful for too with this with this year and even if that's just a bit more time to reflect or um you know some time so maybe some much needed time away from things too like there's kind of like uh, a bit of a silver lining to to some of what happened this this past year do you want to plug what's going on in your music world yeah well hello to the future um 
by the time you're hearing this, my song American Cash will be out. I'm very excited about that one. Uh, the master is all, it's all done. Everything's done. Is this the one so, you teased on Instagram? I did. I teased it on my uh, my close friend story. So, of course, <gasps> Catherine was on it. Ooh, um, I didn't but, realize uh, it was close friends. Yeah. I feel so special now. <laughs> yeah. So, it's uh, it's cool. It's a bit of a new direction for me. It's But something that's kind of always been... Um, in me i guess as like a writer but it's it's like a pretty pretty like indie rock song like there's not a single acoustic guitar on it um it's like a full band like just song about um a lot of things and i'm really excited uh for you to hear it if you haven't already heard it by now so john when people want to listen to music when people want to connect with you on tiktok and all the other internet places where can they find you yeah so you can find me pretty well by by searching my name in any social media platform john muirhead um it's john writes songs over on tiktok um you can support me on you know all the st- major streaming services Bandcamp. um i got a website with a with a store and all that good stuff so uh yeah wherever you find me just uh, say hello yes and we will link all of john's stuff below as well Thank you so much, John, uh, for coming on the podcast. I am so used to seeing you whenever we are creating in person. So it's really nice to connect this way. So yeah, thank you for coming on the podcast this week. Thank you so much for having me. This has been really, really cool. Um, yeah, I can't wait. When when the pandemic's over, make sure you catch us uh, playing in Germany or probably more <laughs> likely Canada. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's... Uh, can't wait till we're running into each other and crossing paths all over the place again oh yes we will definitely play some duo bills uh it inevitably happens and it is always a lot of fun thank you so much for listening this week i hope you're having a wonderful day or night whenever you're listening to this and trust your wildflower heart